Psalm 33. Rejoice in the Lord, O ye righteous, for praise is comely or beautiful for the upright. Praise the Lord with harp, sing unto him with the psaltery and a tin and an instrument of ten strings. Sing unto him a new song, play skillfully with a loud noise. For the word of the Lord is right, and all his works are done in truth. He loveth righteousness and judgment. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. Amen to that. He gathereth the waters of the sea together as an heap. He layeth up the depth in storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spake, and it was done. He commanded, and it stood fast. The Lord bringeth the counsel of the heathen to naught. He maketh the devices of the people of none effect. The counsel of the Lord standeth forever, the thoughts of his heart to all generations. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, and the people whom he hath chosen for his own inheritance. The Lord looketh from heaven. He beholdeth all the sons of men from the place of his inhabitation. He looketh upon all the inhabitants of the earth. He fashioneth their hearts alike. He considereth all their works. There is no king saved by the multitude of an host. And a mighty man is not delivered by much strength. A horse is a vain thing for safety. Neither shall he deliver any of his great strength by, by his great strength. Behold, the eye of the Lord is upon them that fear him, upon them that hope in his mercy, to deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive in famine. Our soul waiteth for the Lord. He is our help and our shield, for our heart shall rejoice in him, because we have trusted in his holy name. Let thy mercy, O Lord, be upon us, according as we hope in thee. May the Lord have his blessing to the reading of his word. Isn't that a marvelous, a magnificent psalm? And we're going to look at it over the next couple of weeks. And a title tonight, borrowed the title, is A Key to a Thankful Heart. A Key to a Thankful Heart. Now, Dr. John Phelps believes that these two psalms, 32 and 33, are organically linked together, so much so that he says even some commentaries don't differentiate between 32 and 33. Now, what do you notice about chapter 33? We've we learned what kind of psalms these are. Orphan. Orphan psalm because there's no particular person given as the writer. David wrote 32. David wrote 34. Maybe he well wrote 33, but it's not specifically said. If you look at the last verse of 11 of 32, Be glad in the Lord, and rejoice, ye righteous, and shout for joy, all ye that are upright in heart. Rejoice in the Lord, O ye righteous, for praise is comely for the upright. It sort of flows right together, if you would. And so some would say, yes, they are linked. Another person I was reading just yesterday said, While the closing summons to the righteous in the former chapter 32 is substantially repeated in the opening words of chapter 33, there is little other trace of connection. And he goes into a long paragraph while they're not connected. So you have, it's men's. What we go back to, as I've told you before, the most important part of any message lesson is God's word, for God's word does not change. It will forever stand. Question one, an orphan psalm is an unknown authored psalm. 
Interesting, um, uh, commentator Dixon says this, to look upon Holy Scripture as altogether inspired of God and not put price upon it for the writers thereof. In other words, the song of praise hears no title or indication of authorship to teach us then to look upon Holy Scripture as altogether inspired by God. So what we know is God inspired it, whether there's a human name on it or not, God directed for this to be included in the canon, and there we go. The author is unknown. This is the first end of the first book, or close to the end of the first book of Psalms. Psalms, as you may well know, is divided into how many books? There's 150 chapters divided into five books. Five books, 1 to 41, 42 to 72, 73 to 89, 90 to 106, 107 to 150. If you've read your Psalms, you know it's like this is the first book of the Psalms, this is the second book of the Psalms, and they're categorized together often. Now, in 32 and 33, they're linked by this subject, the mercy and majesty of God. Together they set forth him as God of infinite grace and greatness. Now, 32, do you remember what was the occasion of 32? goes right along with 51. David has sinned. Blessed be is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Praise the Lord for that. He's a sin-forgiving God, isn't he? And we are to give great thanks to God for that. But also we find that the one deals with God as Redeemer. 33 deals with God as Creator. We don't know who wrote the human author of 33, but it seems to have been written at a time of national crisis, and very possibly they are linked together as 32.11 and 33.1 seem to be linked. Now we just, I was just reading, as you read through just a moment ago, we find that uh, verse 18, Behold, the eye of the Lord, and that is Yahweh, the tetragrammaton, the God who is infinite God, etc., is upon them that fear him. That's that Y uh, Y W Y H. I can't remember Yahweh. Y H W H. But what's interesting is the eye of the Lord. So why, when we say it's the eye of the Lord, why would we say that? Because God is a what? Spirit. So that's called an anthropomorphism. Question number two. Question number two, what's an anthropomorphism attributing human characteristics to God? God has a strong right arm, doesn't he? His strong right hand. He has eyes that see and he has ears that hear. But does God the Holy, does God the Holy Spirit have those? Does God the Father have those? The Son, we know, does. But when we attribute that, so when we say that God sees all that's going on or his eye is looking, then, oh, I know what that means. Because I know, understand eyes, eyes see. Mary was just telling me that uh, after her first cataract surgery, the, the eyes she had done, she has 20-20 vision in it now. As soon as it clears up, she'll have 20-20 vision. And she said she didn't know how, you know, how bad her eyes were. And we, that's, God has 20, whatever, is that the best? And in 2020, the best you can have? Yeah, he's like 2,000 times 2,000. Because God sees far deeper than just the outward appearance. Rejoice in the Lord, O ye righteous, for praise is comely for the upright. Really, now, it's interesting, and I brought, uh, Mr. Phillips alludes to this, it is called Rotherham's Emphasized Bible, and he, a different, the different rendering, I'll just give you the last, last verse of 32, he renders it as, Rejoice in Yahweh and exult, O ye righteous, yea, shout in triumph, all ye upright in heart. Verse 1 of 33, shout for joy, ye righteous in Yahweh. To the upright, seemly is praise. So what he emphasizes is how they be emphasized in the Hebrew language. And so that those verses then 
like ring out for joy, upright in heart. 32.11, ring out your joy, you righteous. So they are similar. In your outline it says this, here then is the vital connection between the two psalms. We can ring out the joy in 32 because our sins, at your blank, sins are forgiven. But sin contaminates the whole universe. We can ring out our joy in 33 because God who forgives our sins in 32 is the God who controls, at your blank, controls the factors of space and time. No wonder we can praise him thankfully. And what a great psalm to think about with thanksgiving just is it just two weeks? Can't be just two weeks from tomorrow. Is that, can that be right, right? Is it possible two weeks from tomorrow? I think it is. Two weeks from tomorrow. It's, it's, it's coming up so quickly. It's the 24th, right? It is. So this 14 and 7 and 9, 32, 46. Yes, there we go. It's two weeks from tomorrow. I don't, got, I don't know how I got there, but there it was. The key to the thankful heart. And here it is. Catherine Man, you might have heard of Catherine Mansfield, the writer. She did not know the Lord, and because of health reasons, she moved to Switzerland, and she found herself admiring these beautiful mountains and the beauty, and she wrote to a friend, she said these words, if only one could make some small grasshoppery sound of praise and thanks to someone, but who? Wow, the beauties, and I want to make some kind of small grasshoppery, like that grasshoppery sound of praise, but who is it to? We can tell you who it's to. All of us would say, it's God, the God, of his, the God who made the mountains. That's who it would be. How empty for a person to feel thankfulness and praise for the beauty of God's creation. Do you, do you, um, do you, we don't even think about that. But what is the atheist thankful for? Who does he have to thank that he's alive? Who does the unbeliever have to thank for the, his heir and, and what he has? If you don't believe in God, then just perhaps by chance you landed here. Question number three, would you like to develop or perhaps expand a thankful, worshiping heart? How do we do that? I put four little words here, time, focus, meditate, count. We are to spend our time, count your blessings. What God, I'm thankful tonight for mulching mowers. Because I had all those leaves and I got off early yesterday to go vote. And uh, I went home and I got all my leaves that had not and had fallen already most of them mulch and i have to break them bag them all those different things rock them soccer robots i didn't have to do any of that because the mulching mower what are we thankful for beautiful days i'm glad hope you've been enjoying the beautiful days they're going to be dismissed here in a shortly couple of days beautiful days aren't you thankful we've got rain on the way we need rain our country needs rain now, if I were to ask you, page two now, would you like to develop a thankful, worshiping heart? Oh, yes. We probably would say yes. We recognize that it's right to be thankful to God for his blessings. We in America have so much to be grateful for. Although many will be like, well, I want to praise somebody, but who do I praise? It is God. We understand that. Question four, five things. Real quickly, I want five things. You can, one person can do five or five can do one that you are thankful for in the last two or three days. New employee, Sherry's training new employee. That's one. Found Stephanie's Bible this past weekend. Had been lost for a couple months. CPAP coming tomorrow. Was that Steve's praise the Lord of yours? Okay. Sorry. We had key loss for seven days. Terry prayed about it. 
Wow, praise the Lord. Woohoo. Mulching mowers. I gave one already. So we got five right there. Five, five things we're thankful for. Question number five then is Pastor Cole from Arizona knows that genuine thankfulness is inextricably bound with, and the answer here is trust. From your outline. But before we jump on the Thanksgiving bandwagon, we need to realize that genuine thankfulness is inextricably bound up with trust. We will never truly thank God until we first truly, as your blank, truly trust him. We will not be grateful to God for all that we have until we recognize that we are dependent on him for all that we have. Contentment is being happy with what you have, which you already have. That's, that's contentment. You can either try to get more and more and more and struggle for contentment, or you can say, I'm thankful, God. I'm content with what I have. I trust that you are that. Contentment's a great commodity. If you have it, what people I've come in contact with, very few are truly content. By nature, now, we are not trusting creatures. We are creatures of necessity. I like this. It's kind of a shame on me paragraph, but we trust God when we are forced, at your blank, forced to trust him because our problems go beyond our abilities. Then rest of the time we get along just fine by ourselves. We can solve the problem by ourselves. We do not resort to prayer and trusting God because we do not need to trust him. But we should, Mr. Walnut would tell you right off the bat, we need to trust God for everything, whether it's a key, a Bible, a health, it's safety, whatever it is, some traumatic experience, we need to trust for all things, not just when we're up against it. Between a rock and a hard place. I need to trust the Lord all the time. But he knows. And we, that's, that's, it's, we just not wait for tragic things to happen. But it, only, it is only when he says, when we come to the end of ourselves and cast ourselves in total dependence on the Lord, that we begin to experience genuine praise and thanksgiving. The court, Christ is all I need. He's all I need. And he is. Remember, it was Tozier who said, he who has Jesus and the whole world has no more than he who has just Jesus alone. And that is it. Psalm 33 was written then to address as the righteous and the upright. 33 verse 1, rejoice in the Lord, O ye righteous. Praise is comely for the upright. And if you were to take the reverse of that, if you don't know the Lord is Savior and you're living a wild and and uh, kind of life and no claim it all to God, then he can't really rejoice and praise the Lord correctly. It's the righteous one. Rejoice in the Lord, O ye righteous, for praise is comely for the upright, for he who dishonors. It's not comely and beautiful. So the key theme right there in your box, the key to a thankful, worshiping heart is to rely completely on the Lord. Page three. So the key is that relying, uh, relying completely on the Lord so here's three th points for us to consider in the next couple of weeks. Number one, complete trust in the Lord results in a thankful, worshiping heart. Rejoice in the Lord, one, O you righteous, for praise is comely for the upright. Now, to rejoice in a temporal passing comforts is dangerous, says Spurgeon. To rejoice in self is foolish. To rejoice in sin is fatal. But to rejoice in God is heavenly. And I just, I just, just today, I was teaching the first class over at Carter County Senior Center. And the guy, before I even get started, I'm trying to get the computers up. He comes here, pushes his walker up and says, I got one question for you, Tim. I said, yeah. Do you know what you're doing? <laughs> I 
I think I said the first thing was it remains to be seen. Uh, I hope so. And if, you know, and he would, then he started laughing. He was teasing me. But uh, do, you, do you know what you're doing? To rejoice in self is foolish. We are nothing without God. Now, with, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. But on our own, without God, we're just a little, are we even a toadstool? Rejoice in God, those heavenly, for praise is comely. Uh, I like, again, what someone said, a harp suits a blood-washed hand. No jewel is more ornamental to a holy face than sacred praise. Praise is not comely or beautiful for the unpardoned professional singer. It is like a jewel of gold gold in a swine's snout. I like this. And question six ties in with this. Praise is the dress of saints in heaven. It is meet that they should fit it on below. I'll read it again. Praise is the dress, dress of saints in heaven. It is meet that they fit or should fit it on below. What does that mean? Praise is the dress of saints in heaven. It is meet that they should then fit it on below. If we're going to heaven, we should start early. Mail early, you get your Christmas cards out. I'm not sure, probably not working on them yet, but there's all the, it used to be mail early, mail early. By the way, did you know by 25, about three years from now, they're going to be averaging six, 367 billion emails a day, 367 billion per day in just about three years. What, what does it mean? This, this, I think if we're, we're looking forward, I, I'm really struggling and working on this, getting heaven out of the abstract to where it, I am thinking about it and living it every day because that's where we're going. That's where you and I are long, I trust you're longing to be. It's sub-Christian to not long for heaven. Read 2 Corinthians chapter 5, the first 10 verses. For earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved. We have a house not made with hands eternal in the heavens. Something similar to that. And that's what we're looking forward to. It should be. And can we just think about that and... I told my wife, I said, sometimes I think, I get on these little quirks here sometimes, I think sometimes we're getting so involved with all the things down here that are taking away from my learning about God, my learning about what He wants for me. And this is what the Bible is. It's the book about Him. Yes, it helps us. The world revolves around Him. And if I can refill and be used in some small tidbit way, praise the Lord for that. But he is the one that should get all the honor and the glory and the majesty. And if you doubt that, the first 10 seconds in heaven, you'll say, whoa, I should have been a lot different. I think of that song, I wish I would, I wish I'd given him more when I get to heaven. And verse two, praise the Lord with harp, sing unto him with the psaltery, and an instrument of ten strings. Question number seven. The three instruments are the psaltery and the harp and an instrument of ten strings. The first time I wrote that question, I said, what two instruments are? I said, you know what? I think there's three here. The harp, a psaltery, and an instrument of ten strings. I guess I was assuming that the assault, the psaltery had ten strings. You were to tune up the orchestra. We're to, for the Lord's kingdom, we are to pull out all the stops. And so we, I will close with this. I don't know if you know, are aware of what an organ looks like, but if you get a massive organ, you'll have, and you'll maybe have five, five keyboards that are called manuals. Newer organs will have like a little switch. You flip a little switch, and it changes and adds something on. 
The other old-fashioned have draw knobs, and you pull out the stop. Now, I was thinking, now, why do you pull something out to stop? Well, see those little levers that pull out? They've been stopping the air. So when you say pull out all the stops, you're pulling on the stops of stopping the air out. And so air is going to every single pipe that had not been getting the air. So if I pull out all the stops, that's what we talk about here. Praise the Lord with the harp. Sing unto him with the psaltery. And when the ten strings were to play skillfully with a, a loud noise, pull out the stops and just... Crank it up. If you ever want to hear a magnificent instrument, you should hear a pipe organ in the old cathedrals in Europe. And uh, there's the biggest one. Well, the biggest one is in St. John Divine over in New York City, about 214th Street, something like that. This huge, massive, with all these like 210 ranks of pipes. And, and, and I have a picture of the largest um, organ stuff uh, on my phone, actually. Uh, all, but this is telling us, when we're praising the Lord, just pull them all out. Now, you can hit a little button. You can set it to where it pulls them all at once. And you've got the little stops down here in the toe stops. And you've got five or six pedals that you can push it for loudness. And you've got these little things. You hit it and it just opens them up. Because you're playing along. Can you imagine? You, oh, i got to stop. Like that. Right, I'm ready to start again. You can't do that. you got to have a little button. Go ching. And it sets it presets. And in a moment's time, you have them all open. We had an actual pipe organ in New Jersey called Paragala Pipe Organ. Had to replace it because... The leather had rotted, and so we put in an Allen digital organ, which is a really nice organ as well. But a, a traditional pipe organ, when you pull that stop out, the air. See, I was trying to why, why, pull, it, pull the stops out. Now I understand. The air can go. And when we pull out the stops of our praise, there's going to be a new song. You ever find yourself saying the same prayer over and over and over and over and over, and over, and over. I sing a new song. A fresh song. That's a fresh song. Lord, thank you today for what? I'm thankful I didn't get run over. Mr. Bill's thankful for last week didn't get run over against the wall. What, what is today that you are thankful for? A fresh song. And maybe pull out the stops when it comes to praising. And really worship him. So we'll continue our journey through this idea of thankful worship. Let's pause and we will pray. Lord, we just, you are so worthy, so holy. I am so none of those. Lord, help our lives to be used for you the rest of this week. May we seek for opportunities to share the gospel or share, just tell others what you have done for us. And so Lord, be with us as we go home. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.